This is the Andy and Len podcast from Big Hits Radio. Subscribe via iTunes. Download at www.bighitsradio.uk or listen live every Saturday afternoon. It's the Andy and Len show here with you live until five every Saturday afternoon. Great to uh, great to be with you this afternoon. It's a bit of a wet one out there, but uh, you can come in here into the the dry. What I'm on about. Anyway, you know what's really grinding my gears here at the moment? You know what is? Len. Hello. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Shops. The, there's a shop, a certain shop down in, I think it's High Street or one of the Main Street, maybe mm. it is in Newton Arts, and they have a speaker on the doorstep. You'll know what one it is if you've walked past the people. That the blares out music. They have, like, a CD playing. There is nothing cool or interesting about that, it does not make, encourage people to go into your shop. It's a, it's a shop for older clientele. Yeah. You know, people maybe from 50s on. And what's at the end of the clo- shop? It's a clothing, a woman's clothing shop. And, and a, they're blasting music out and of what's the street. What's music, is it? It's like, I don't know, like power ballads or that kind right. of thing, like 80s it's stuff. It's not going to make you want to come in. No, it's terrible. You know what grinds my gears as well? I'm what? like, all oh, the like, likes of Tesco and always do that. They shift stuff about in the shop. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Stuff's never in the same place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, week in, week out, stuff's been shifted about. And I think it's to make you kind of impulse buy or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. annoys me because like, I kind of know why I'm going there. I don't, I'm not going to buy stuff that I'm not intending to buy anyway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got a brilliant story here uh, from a newspaper in England, the Argos. I think it was at Brighton, the Brighton Argos. Councillors demanding that lady boys at Bangkok do not ruin the grass. In a fiery plea for civic pride, Don Barrett, 78-year-old councillor, uh, wants the council to assure that Hove lawns will not be put back into first-class con- will be put back into first-class condition following the popular musical production featuring Thai lady boys. She said, "People walking along here with their kids during the summer, uh, and the grass is going to be ruined if they don't uh, reinstate the grass after they're gone. It's going to become a mess." Uh, it will become a dump like the rest of Brighton, she said. <laughs> a dump like the rest of Brighton. Yes, the lady boys are l- ruining the grass in Hove. Have they? Uh, have uh, any lady boys ruined the grass locally to you? You can let us know. Uh, and also, if you want to tell us about anything else, studio bigheadsradio.uk or text 0750-111-7942. First of all, triple play there by Moby. Uh, that is Porcelain. Uh, from the album Play, 20 years old uh, this month. Play is the fifth studio album by Moby. His real name's Richard Melvin Hall. I can see why he wanted to change that. It's uh, not very uh, rock and roll, is it? Moby has admitted recently in a documentary for the BBC that this was uh, to be his last album. He was going to give up after this. Uh, he didn't have a record label at the time he uh, put it together. It was recorded on second hand, uh, as he described, broken down equipment in his bedroom shortly after the death of his mother. The album uses a lot of samples. He's, he's big into the sampling, most notably uh, the gospel and blues samples from a box set of CDs called uh, Sounds of the South, a, 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 a musical journey from Georgia, Sea Islands to the Mississippi Delta, uh, which was uh, lent to him by a friend. Uh, an impressive eight hit singles were released from Play, uh, though when presented to record company A&R Man in America, they weren't impressed. One even standing up and leaving uh, Moby's recording studio without saying a word after listening to Natural Blues. We're going we're gonna to hear Natural Blues at the end. Uh, Moby later recalled that he met the guy backstage at a sellout concert later on. And the only thing said, he said to the guy was, 
well, do you have any regrets? Uh, the guy had lost his job at the record company, so I think perhaps he had a few regrets. Um, we're going to play Southside, which is the biggest uh, of uh, of Moby's hits in the United States, uh, as other songs didn't really go down uh, very well there. It was bigger, really, in Europe. Uh, and Southside, uh, when he recorded it, he uh, put together some vocals with uh, Gwen Stefani, but he forgot to include them in the album version of the song. So when it was released back in the, in the States, uh, Gwen Stefani's vocals were put in. I think, though, we're going to play the original version now of Southside. <sighs> Our three of the best there from Moby's Play album. <coughs> Sounds of the South, uh, all those samples coming from. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, have you heard uh, the great news, the new baby on the way? We had the royal baby last week, and now... Kim Kardashian West and Kanye West have revealed their new baby name. This was born by surrogacy because apparently she doesn't like having children. She, you know, fair enough. Um, it's called Sam West, but spelt like the Sam in the Bible. Oh right, Sam West. Right. Yeah, yeah. They 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 they're big into their weird baby names. Uh, the Wests. They um, certainly are. Yeah. Thankfully, they've, they've cut away from you know Fred and Rose. Uh, that could have caused caused a few problems yeah that could be a bit awkward they call one one child North Northwest right Uh, it's because Kanye's quite well a huge motorbike uh, motorbike fan big big and it's a tribute to the Northwest yeah yeah Um, he was uh, I think think the next kid to come along is going to be called Dunlop uh, just looking over there at the Northwest 200, Davy Todd has won his first victory at the Northwest 200. The 23-year-old has crossed the line ahead of Derek McGee in second, and Connor Cummings in third. A risky moment coming through Metropole when McGee goes hard on the brakes late to avoid Todd in front of him. Thankfully, no contact, and Todd navigates Juniper Chicane to take the win. Uh, that's on the BBC website today. No football on uh, today. Of course, got the FA Cup uh, final at five o'clock just when we go off air so keep listening to us and then you can go over to uh, Wembley to watch uh, City take on uh, Watford so is that like the end of the football Um, we've got the is the Premiership over the Premiership's over we've got the Europa League Cup right um, and that's I think that's coming up fairly soon and then very early June we've got the uh, what do you call it uh, Champions League Cup uh, Champions League final. All British teams, all, or right. all, well, all English teams, yeah, all yeah. Premiership teams, uh, which is uh, is great, um, <laughs> especially for anybody who's a bit Brexity. Uh, <laughs> um, so, what have you seen uh, out there today? Yeah, um, a California cafe is offering a seventy-five dollar cup of coffee. Whoa. Uh, a cafe in California is selling what it claims is the world's most expensive cup of coffee. Oh, why? Clutch Coffee is serving the pricey brew, the Alita Natural Geisha 803. That's the name of it. Alita Natural Geisha 803. At branches in Silver in California and San Francisco. Yeah. The coffee is made from a rare bean and it's said to have a floral tea-like flavour with hints of jasmine and berries. It costs $75 per cup. Why don't you just drink tea then? That's boring. (laughs) That is boring. Uh, Let's see, we've got our What's On guide coming up very soon. Uh, Also, got songs from the Shapeshifters. Remember, that was a great song, but this is Hey Ya Outcast. One, two, three, up! 
New music and big hits radio. That's uh, Reach Up Higher there by James something or other. James Tennant. Uh, indeed. Uh, sorry about that, James. Yes, I'll remember for next time. These days, we're in an era uh, of either forgettable or disastrous leaders. Australia is an exception. It's got a turmoil of leadership battles over recent years. On Thursday, one of Australia's greatest love prime ministers, Bob Hawke, passed away at the mighty age of 89. His party trick that he loved to perform well in his 80s was downing a glass of beer uh, in one at cricket matches, though he did abstain from drinking alcohol during his eight years as Premier. In the 1970s, Hawk met with Frank Sinatra in a Sydney hotel during a standoff and persuaded the singer to apologise over comments that he made calling female journalists buck and a half prostitutes, which led to a boycott of All Blue Eyes uh, show in Oz. Uh, Hawk was uh, famous for a lot of things. He, he got rid of the, the pound uh, in uh, Australia and brought in the uh, Aussie dollar and things like that. He was elected in 1983, and one of his best-loved uh, quotes was after uh, Australia beating uh, the Americans in, uh, in the America's Cup uh, and the Sailing Cup. And this is what he said. Oh, it's not playing. Sorry. Hang on a second and I'll, uh, I'll re-queue it up. Yeah, it's going to play now. I tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up the day is a bum. <laughs> you have to work a bit harder the next day to make up. It's a day for all Australians, isn't it? It's a day that brings us all together. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. I just love that. Could you imagine any uh, prime minister uh, these days saying, you know, if if you uh, sack somebody for not coming in or for coming in about how you're bomb, mate, bomb, you're bomb, mate. He was fond of uh, of budgie smugglers. What he, is it? I keep hearing this term, budgie smuggler. What is a budgie uh, smuggler? Like speedos. Those kind of like tight, really oh, em- embarrassingly tight swimming trunks. Yeah, yeah. I I always worry about an accident with those mm. popping out. I suppose it's maybe uh, yeah. I was yeah. I was gonna say at least they won't slip off because they're so tight. But then there could be other yeah. You know, <laughs> undercarriage could be could descend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> upon landing, you upon know. landing, yeah. Uh-huh. Here's somebody. The less they said about that, the better. <laughs> Yeah, this is good. Mentioning Fred and Rosemary West and now talking about <laughs> undercarriage disasters. But we'll not be asked to come back next Saturday. <laughs> Kanye West has tweeted he's, uh, he's taking the names on board. Apparently, no, he hasn't. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I was looking here. Uh, this is a story. Uh, this is quite a good one. An American woman, she's claimed she to sworn off British men because they're ag- uh, ignorant and drink too much. Jenny Jacobs is 37 years old from Cincinnati and she visited England in 2013 but wasn't impressed by UK's men saying most are short, out of shape, have bad teeth to boot. Well, she's 37. They must have big hills in Cincinnati because she had one hell of a bad paper round. <laughs> <laughs> like it was really rough. Uh, Jenny, who works as a personal trainer, yeah. uh, spoke to the son about why she dislikes British men so much, and the list's pretty long. Let's say apparently she's uh, not always had such a negative view of British men, um, and even chatted to a few on dating sites like Beautiful People. Uh, there were plenty of British men that date, but Jenny didn't feel a spark because uh, she wasn't physically attracted to them. Uh, it's not just Brits who rubber up their own mice, doesn't like the Russians either. That's about random. <laughs> I love the I love the fact that there's a dating site called Beautiful People. 
Imagine being that arrogant that I'm uh, I'm not going to match.com. I'm going to go to beautifulpeople.co.uk. Well, you see, this is it. Like, imagine being that much of a big head that you, you, you wouldn't feel a wee bit embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, imagine sitting down thinking, well, I'm, I'm beautiful. I deserve this. I am beautiful. Uh, I might stick a profile picture up on beautiful people with uh, a Frank Sidebottom head. Just a big like, Frank Sidebottom head. You see, all right. I mean, people can't help being short. Yeah. But, like, I mean, is there not in America, are there not lots of kind of short and kind of fat people who drank too much? Yeah. <laughs> y- you know what I mean? Rather more than. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the cynic in me, like, I know he's slagging off Russian man, but I dare say of some Russian billionaire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Came away, you know, she might <laughs> probably drop her prejudices. That's <laughs> no, not all she'll drop. Quite quickly. Yeah. We, yeah. we are not going to get asked back now, quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are so not going to get lost back one thing I think about the bar is I remember my mother-in-law came over to London um, and uh, well, the first thing she said about London people was they're all medium what, what do you mean and medium it, it's, they're all medium what can they like raid mines or like, meant, tell the future it was because they were all you know not morbidly obese I think basically they're all medium and it's because they all have to walk so far through the tube stations yeah that's, that's apparently why London people are fit what? It's good not to be. Like, we're rapidly catching up, though, with America and the Northern yeah, Lake Front. So. Yeah. Have you something there? Um, have I something? Yes. Um, Doris Day. We lost Doris Day. One of the last of the Hollywood grits. I suppose the only one left would be um, Kurt Douglas. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is unbelievably old now. He's 105 or something crazy like that. He's over 100, aren't <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, But an interesting fact about Doris Day is she loved her life thinking she was two years younger yeah. than uh-huh. she actually was. Uh, she gave her birth years in 1924, um, but records show she was actually born in 1922. Um, now, cynics might say, well, for career reasons, she was knocking a couple of years off her, her age, you know, like her official age and her real age. Uh-huh. But apparently it was like a genuine mistake. It wasn't until she turned 93 or actually 95 in 2017 that she learned the truth when Associated Press pre- reporters produced her birth certificate. Right. I've always said that age is just a number and I've never paid much attention to birthdays but it's great to know f- f- highly how old I am she said in the statement. Yeah. Um, another kind of strange fact is she had severe fear of flying um, and her stage name came from one of her showstoppers. When Day got her first permanent singing day gig, I can't even speak. I haven't been drinking, honestly. Mm. I've been drinking coffee. Uh, she got her first permanent singing gig as a vocalist for band leader Barney Rupp. She was still going by her birth name, Doris Kappelhoff. Uh, legend has it that Rob feared her name wouldn't take up too much space on a fader marquee and suggested Day in tribute to her skillful rendition of then popular big band hit Day After Day. Mm. So you got Doris Day, which is nice and snappy rather than Kappelhoff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, you know, I know it sounds like it comes from super strength German lager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. So she was called Kappelhofer. That was her real name. I suppose it's in the great tradition of people having really kind of long, awkward, strange names like Morris Meckowhite. Yeah. Uh-huh. And not that it's a long name, but it's on an Asian name, Red Dwight. <laughs> Red Dwight. Or AKA Michael Ken and Elton John. Somebody else we uh, we lost this week was Grumpy Cat. You heard of Grumpy Cat? Is he the cat that looked like Hitler? I think it might be a shade. Or maybe that know. was somebody else. 
Uh, she she shuff, suffered a urinary tract infection, too tough to overcome. Uh, her owners have so they announced the death today, saying that she died on Tuesday. Grumpy inspired a generation of internet memes uh, when a picture was posted on Reddit in September 2012. It is estimated her foul-faced expression has earned her owner Tabitha uh, Bundesen around 100 million dollars. Yes, 100 million dollars. There you go, Grumpy Cat. Uh, oh dear. Uh, R.I.P. Grumpy Cat. It was short. She uh, she only lived seven years, but uh, is that good for a cat or bad? I think it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, dear, it's right. pretty much middle aged. Uh, the Royal Ulster Agricultural Society are said to be considering an amateur cage fighting at next year's Balmoral Show, following the success of the giant fight that took place in one of their beer tents. Northern Ireland clothes retailers uh, were sent into panic yesterday and say they not be, might not be able to cope with the number of pale blue shirts that are now needed to be replaced. Did you see it? Did you see it all over YouTube? The big brawl, the big, the big culture I thought fight? it was epic. Um, it was, I, I, I actually saw um, I, one of my chums on the old social media. I was doing, doing a bit of a late night facebooking last yeah. night, <laughs> as one does. Yeah. Just, I yeah, it's good to have a wee nosey, because it can get quite lively little on a Friday. Like, you know, it's quite amazing. Okay. But, um, no, it was it was going viral, yeah. as, as they would say. <laughs> viral. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually good to say that the blue shirts come about because um, we're not the blue I'm not a supporter of you know strange people from the 30s in, in Ireland I don't mean the blue shirts I mean <laughs> you know I'm not talking okay. about like Owen O'Duffy or anything yeah, like that uh-huh. but um, go no. out and fight you black and dance <laughs> the thing is that what you're on we, we are so not getting invited back <laughs> next week I think we're, we're covering every controversial topic under the sun but no it's good to say the old um because like, that used to be a very popular, you know, <coughs> kind of primary coloured shirt, just yeah. a big thing in the nineties, uh-huh. untugged. Oh yes, obviously uh-huh. untugged, and like you can tell I'm a, a son in the nineties because I still do my untugged shirts. Uh-huh. Um, but well, nowadays uh, it's evolved into this pale blue shirt because the, the chag shirt was dominant for a long time amongst <laughs> the rural. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely gone to the pale blue shirt now. The blue stonewashed uh, boot cut jeans. Hmm. And the the uh, body warmer. There's, there's even a lassie there in a body warmer in the blue blue shirt getting getting tore in. Uh, nice. I never really understood the appeal of body warmers. <laughs> I quite like it. If you wear a long sleeve shirt and you don't you don't want like another le- layer on your arms, but you want, I I have a couple I, of body I, warmers. I've never understood, and they do. I would know quite a lot of people from up the country, mm. and they all seem to like their body warmers. They seem to be under these like expansive kind of north face yeah uh-huh. body warmer seems to be the thing these days a problem that you've always uh, told me about is in the yeah. summer not having space to put your uh like phone yeah and keys and that stuff is like. it, body warmer zipped up pockets great it's like today i i because it's it was a bit damp today yeah. uh-huh. so i thought well i better wear an anorak because <laughs> i'm a bit of an anorak but then I was kind of thinking it would be should I maybe risk you know like a polo shirt because mm. it's kind of it's kind of mild enough to wear a polo shirt. But then where do you put your stuff? And then you come in here, it's like a an ice box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but my my attitude towards body warmers it's very much like the reaction to um, the nineteen fifties people gave to Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. Yeah, you uh-huh. know when they're like, um, "Why are you wearing a life preserver?" <laughs> life preserver. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I I, I have a similar amusement. Towards yeah, um, uh-huh. body warmers, yeah. 
Uh, talking about Back to the Future, there's a musical coming out. Back to the Future uh, sets date for a world premiere musical in Manchester. Uh, great Scott, the Back to the Future musical has finally set a date for its world premiere the 20th of February 2020 in Manchester before a run in the West End. The show has originally been scheduled to open in 2015 but it was delayed and unlike Doc Brown, the production team didn't possess a time machine. Good things take time, said uh, writer Bob Gale. Um, it's going to star Ollie Dobson as Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. There you are, that's, that's going to be dreadful. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Um, don't spoil the classics. That's yeah, why, so. it might be good. We'll give it a chance, eh? Anyway, weird stories. Would you like a weird story? Oh yes, go ahead. Um, yeah, this is what, my voice has gone all weird there. I've got a fr- frog in my throat. Um, mum, rep- a mum, not my mum. A mum reportedly stopped a plane crew from shutting the doors. So her daughter could finish a shopping spree at the airport. Yeah. It's claimed that the woman made 160 passengers wait for her daughter to board the plane <laughs> for a flight from Bangkok to Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, an airline spokesperson said that the mother was emotional. Oh yes. <laughs> I wonder was she several bottles. I get quite emotional of every Grejo. every Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Emotional. Uh-huh. I I just had a sudden. Maybe I've I've drunk too much coffee, but. <laughs> Had a sudden idea there, yeah. right? You know the way we do like podcasts and sort of anecdotes and stuff like that. Mm. Funny stories. Funny stories. You see, in time for the Christmas market. Yeah. Well, not the, not the Christmas market, but you know, like oh yes, time for the Christmas big market. Uh-huh. We should bring out a toilet book. Yes. Uh huh. Like a bumper fun book. You know, when you're on the old porcelain throne. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, of just like... Anecdotes. anecdotes. Our, own, our own etchings and drawings. Yeah. That's yeah. a very sort of seven days, seven days out of the toilet break. We, we toilet should bring break. that back. Yeah, people have smartphones now. I know, it's not, not the same. They say there's more feces on the screen of a smartphone than on a, on a toilet. Really? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a horrible... And it's a horrible notion. And uh, as well as isn't a tea time show. And those interactive menu screens at McDonald's apparently too. Good God, that's I know. what people say. But I, I was listening to a, a satirical program about this. Sorry, we're going to have to move on with music soon. But we're, we're a bit incredibly self-indulgent today. I don't care though. David that's Mitchell. Really. David Mitchell said, "Well, obviously, fecal matter isn't bad for you then. If it's if it's on this stuff and, and people aren't dropping dead." Yeah. Well, I mean, I know num- number ones are sterile, but I'm, I'm not too sure about <laughs> oh, number no. twos. He did talk to me about this uh, 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 regarding another matter recently. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, so I was looking here in the news, the oldest man has died. That would be the thing if, if they came along and said, you know what, you're the oldest man alive. Be thinking, yeah, great. I know what's going. I know, I know what's coming next. A man claiming to be the oldest in the world has died allegedly at the age of 123. Aplev uh, a father of eight, has been working since he was seven uh, when he was sent into the hills alone. He fought for the Red Army in the Russian Civil War. Uh, that's 1917 to 22. It's claimed, but uh, at the age of 45, he was deemed too old to, si- to fight in the Second World War, and instead became a tractor driver. He was too old for the Second World War, and he's only just died. Uh, but we've got some bad news for you. If, you. if you're thinking, "I want to live long," you know, live long and prosper, and all that, 
he he's released the reason and and how you do it. Eleven hours sleep a day. So if you have a job or young children, you may struggle to get uh, to get that. So that would be you know if if I I I would get up five in the morning. So that's what going to bed at six. Yeah, coming home. Uh, basically going straight to bed. Uh, that's, that's it. Going going straight to bed. If I was to get up at six, well, I could I could uh, I, I could stay up late until seven. That'd be great. So eleven hours sleep every night. I think he was a lazy so and so. This guy. <laughs> oh, the reason I yeah. No no wonder, mate. And a fourteen foot walking robot of Donald Trump. Oh, sorry, talking robot of Donald Trump, sitting on a gold toilet seat. Has been shipped to the UK ahead of protests against the US Trump's uh, the US the US Trump's visit. American Don Lessam paid uh, twenty five thousand dollars of his own money to make the robot, which sprouts phrases often phrases often used by the president, including "I'm a very stable genius" and "no collusion." It'll also break wind. Mr. Trump's due to visit the UK on uh, from the third to the fifth of June for talks with Prime Minister Theresa May. Uh, he, this guy worked with a factory in China to build, uh, which usually builds me- mechanical dinosaur models to sell to zoos. Uh, he said, "I can't stand the guy. I decided something funny, as offensive as possible, would work. I thought that well, if I can make a if they can make a sixty foot dinosaur, uh, they can make a sixteen foot high Trump on a toilet." The man behind the robot, Trump, said he did not work with any UK-based protest groups when arranging for it to be shipped because he was afraid they would say no. I'm sure they'll jump at the chance for a 16-foot Trump on the low. Uh, photos of it on the internet if you want to go searching for that. I wouldn't, though. I wouldn't type in Trump on the toilet. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. It's over to Len now to find out what happened on this day in history. It's Saturday 18th of May 2019 and it's May the 18th. It's the 130th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 227 days remaining until the end of the year. In 332, Constantine the Great announced free distribution of food to the citizens of Constantinople. Uh, 1593, playwright Thomas Kidd's accusations of heresy lead to an arrest warrant for Christopher Barlow. Uh, 1974, nuclear weapons testing uh, under Project Smiling Buddha. India successfully detonates its first nuclear weapon, becoming the sixth nation to do so. And in 1990 in France, a modified TGV train achieves a new rail world speed of uh, 320.2 miles an hour. And on this day of music, 18th of May 1985, Simple Minds were at number one on the uh, singles charts with Don't You Forget About Me, written by Keith Fosse, who won an Oscar for Flashdance. Uh, what a feeling and Steve Schiff, a guitarist and songwriter from the Nina Hagen band. The track was featured in the 1985 American teen drama film The Breakfast Club. This is the Andy and Len podcast from Big Hits Radio. Subscribe via iTunes. Download at www.bighitsradio.uk or listen live every Saturday afternoon.